Here's to your success in property, finance and money management. You're listening to The Long Property Show with your hosts, Daniel Gold and Patrick Lynch. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Long Property Show. I'm Dan Gold. And I'm Patrick Lynch. And today we're going to be talking about digital finance. So, Patty, I'm excited about this one, the way of the future. Uh, Yeah, I mean, most banks are becoming more digital these days, and there's obviously quite a few digital or neo-banks seeking to revolutionize the banking industry. So, how do you see things unfolding? Are are these neo-banks going to take over the world, or do do the major banks still have a role to play? Who's going to be writing more loans in 15 years from now? Um, Are we going to be around in 15 years from now? I think I will be. I hope you will be. <laughs> no, I'm a bit older than you. Um, I think there's still a place for the traditional big banks, although obviously they're getting rid of quite a few of their branches. But definitely there seems to be a switch to more digital lending. What do you think of that? Yeah, in my view, the, the, the major banks are a force to be reckoned with and they're going to be around for a long time, no doubt. I think they're also going to be the lenders that will always be able to handle the more complex scenarios. And I think some of the limitations associated with these uh, digital lenders are that they um, are probably best equipped now for the more simple and vanilla um, style of loans. Now, presumably, you know, that, that will evolve over time. And I can I can see a world where these digital lenders do start adding to the complexity of what they can take on. But I still think the, uh, that the major banks for a long time to come will, will um, hold that, that lion's share of the market firmly. Yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree with that. And we're obviously going to see some consolidation as well as the traditional lenders maybe take over some of the digital banks. I think we've already seen one or two of those announced recently. Yeah, yeah. So the big news of late, which is kind of what prompted this uh, this this quick chat, was the the acquisition by um, Ubank, owned by NAB, of course, um, of uh, of eighty six four hundred, which, which is certainly a, a digital lender that has been um, widely discussed in 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 finance circles. Um, I should say, sorry, it's NAB that's acquired um, the business, but but it will be. Um, kind of morphed into the Ubank brand, which is NAB's existing digital offering. Um, it, the, the deal is is still subject to, you know, ACCC approval and whatnot. It, it hasn't actually been consummated, but it is certainly um, uh, in the works and, and we're following closely. So, um, yeah, I, I suppose just as a little um, side note, some of the rationale around why these bigger lenders might um, buy instead of build, there are a whole bunch of legacy systems and processes um, inside these big banks, which uh, mean that, that, that building from scratch can be quite complex. Um, and, and uh, you know, arguably there, there is a lot of sense around acquiring the, these more nimble players that, that, that have just been created, let's say, more cleanly without any of those uh, legacy systems that, that might otherwise be, be problematic and slow, slow things down. Um, but then there's also the the other aspect around just um, eliminating some of the c- competition in the market, which strengthens their uh, foothold. Yep, definitely agree there. And I suppose just important, given what you've mentioned there about Ubank, 
86400 now to differentiate between what is a digital bank as opposed to what's a legacy bank. So a digital bank generally operates online only, uh, doesn't have any physical branches or offices. Neobank tends to be completely digital, which doesn't use any legacy systems, physical infrastructure or operating systems. It's purely an app. And whilst there are many banks already in Australia who don't have branches and mainly use online banking or offer the likes of Apple Pay, Google Pay, or other digital wallets, they aren't necessarily neobanks. So, for example, ING, mm. uh, ME, all rely on existing infrastructure, including ownership by large institutions, as you mentioned, UBank, uh, owned by NAB. Absolutely. I mean, you might even throw Macquarie into the mix there in, in the context of, the, of their retail mortgage business. You know, there, there are no, I think there's one, they've got one retail branch in the city that, that, that certain people can access at certain times, but, but otherwise uh, they would be branchless. But I agree that these neobanks are classified differently, completely digital. Um, and, you know, that, that maybe, Patty, that's a good segue into, you know, from a mortgage finance perspective, which, which is what our, our focus is more on how some of the um, lending techniques differ at these banks vis-a-vis the more traditional um, lenders out there in terms of systems and processes. I I think a lot of our clients might be interested to know, um, and uh, it it certainly sparks some really healthy discussion around some of the benefits, but also concerns and and disadvantages of of this model. I think, I mean, obviously, let's start with the benefits. And the main one that you and I have come across is uh, generally, the barriers to lodging an application are much lower than with a traditional bank. Correct, which which therefore flows on to the speed of um, loan approvals and 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 uh, origination, and then servicing can be a lot quicker too. Um, and what we're specifically referring to there is just the 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 concept of mortgage finance applications with limited, or in some cases, no supporting documents. And I know that's going to sound a little bit odd and, and, and arguably irresponsible to, to some listeners out there. Um, you know, no doc loans is just terminology that would have very negative connotations associated with it. But that's not to say that the banks are, are kind of not, um, you know, thoroughly reviewing um, and assessing these files um, in conjunction with all of the NCCP responsible lending rules and regulations. It's more so that their technique of doing so relies on um, analyzing bank statements with artificial intelligence and algorithmically to determine, well, to, first of all, to understand what people's income and expenses are as showing on those statements. Um, and then from that, making an assessment as to whether uh, the, the clients can demonstrate affordability for a loan, as opposed to the more traditional methods, which might involve, um, you know, uh, uh, the assessment of payslips and, and tax returns, which would not be required in this new format. Yeah, correct. And then obviously in terms of any forms that need to be signed, it's all electronic. Uh, so electronic signing for forms, everything is done through applications, I just say algorithms, etc. It makes the process much simpler. But it does also have some limitations down in terms of what borrowers these lenders would like to attract. Yeah. I think there's no doubt that um, this probably resonates more with the younger segment of the consumer market. 
who are more tech savvy and familiar and comfortable with, um, you know, accessing financial products in this manner. I can imagine that there possibly being some some concern or resistance with 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 an elder clientele. Um, but it's just also interesting to, to try and think ahead and speculate in terms of, you know, in five, 10 years from now, what the, what the, you know, how, how the whole market might evolve. Um, and then Patty, I think the other, the other overlay here is that even although things might be originated more quickly with less paperwork, as we've just spoken about, does that, um, minimize the role and value that a mortgage broker might play in in these scenarios and, and my firm belief there is no it doesn't because if these lenders just become you know another option in amongst the sea of, of lending options that are available there mortgage finance will, will still you know there is so much complexity around the, the process and also I, I believe that a lot of clients will still need a lot of hand-holding and guidance to ascertain who, whom the right lenders are for them and more importantly what the correct loan strategies and structures might be like that, that will best support what their requirements and objectives are. And therefore, even although there might be these faster digital lending options available, um, having a financial aid by your side, be it be that a broker or a banker or, or somebody else, is still going to be equally, if not more important, m- moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I agree there. I mean, obviously, selecting a banker, getting the lowest rate, yeah everyone wants that but not everyone has the knowledge to approach the bank with the right loan structure and you may not even be eligible for approaching certain lenders i mean with the neo banks as we've seen they're generally only open to australian based employees with australian income rather than anyone who is self-employed or based overseas they tend to have maximum loan to value ratios there are certain cons to the pros that we've mentioned and definitely a broker is someone who can advise clients as to, right, which is the lender for me? Why is that lender right for me? It may not just be rate, it may be their policy, it may be the future lending needs. And yet broker advice is certainly gonna be, continue to be a requirement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, already just in, in that brief chat, Patty, we've been going for 10 minutes and we did wanna keep this nice and, 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 and sharp, but, um, you know, if, if any of our listeners do have further um, interest or, or, or questions around who the digital lenders are and, and, and also from a mortgage broking perspective, who we're accredited with and, and which lenders we can actually assist our clients with, they're, they're welcome to reach out. Um, 86400, we mentioned earlier, is, is a group that we are um, now accredited with and, and we can support clients through. Um but uh, yeah, they, they might also be interested just in the, in the nuances of the application. How does VOI and verification of, of identity work? We, we briefly discussed the application process regarding, um, you know, allowing access to your bank statements um, to help a digital lender make an assessment uh, and, and, you know, digital signing of documents. They're, they're, they're probably three key digital touch points, but we've just skimmed that. And a lot of clients might be interested to know more in terms of how this works. And, and that's what we're here for. Yeah. And they might also want to know in terms of whether digital banks are safe. 
And listen, most of the digital banks will need the same banking licenses and are subject to the same regulatory requirements as the existing banks. So that shouldn't be a worry either for people. Fantastic. Well, hopefully um, people got some, some useful insights there. And um, yeah, any Q&A, feel free to reach back out. Until next time, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Long Property Show. If you have any questions for Dan or Patty, you can email hi at longproperty.com.au and they'll respond within 24 hours. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and also leave us a review. This way we can continue bringing you the best weekly content possible. See you again next week. Bye for now.